Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Front Row Network, the network for all things pop culture for NPR Illinois Community Voices. I'm your host today, Craig, joined today by the illustrious editor-in-chief of the Front Row Network, Mr. Sire Jeremy Geckner. <laughs> Man, Sire. I think that should be written into the new Front Row bylaws. Uh, <laughs> I am happy to be here because... You got you brought me here, my man. This is this is your doing. This episode is all you're doing in every single conceivable way because I have been to steal from our good friend Gus Gordon lassoed. <laughs> I will tell you what, uh, when I found this show, so let, let's take you on a journey back yes. to last year, which was a dumpster fire of a year. Uh, and <laughs> let's talk about this beautiful show that I found on Apple TV+. Plus. I had recently bought an iPhone, which is, I think, how most people had gotten this Apple This is how TV everybody Plus. gets Apple TV. They buy a device. Right. And I remember watching the morning show and thinking, oh my goodness, this, the first three episodes of this were great. That was good. And then I went and I watched... Uh, the for all mankind. And I'm like, Oh, you know, that's pretty good too. And then someone had said that Ted Lasso was pretty good. And I can't remember who it was. I wish that I could credit this person who has changed my life for yes. the better. Uh, <laughs> but they said Ted Lasso is pretty good. And so I jumped on that and was able to watch all of the first season at that point. Uh, and it was just Amazing because there's something about the unbridled optimism that is Ted Lasso that even in the face of uh, difficulties, in the face of pessimism, he still has the mindset that we can be our better selves, even when he's going through turmoil as a mm. character. And it's just one of those things that hit me at the right moment. And so I can tell you all this now because I've told everybody in the thread, but I have watched the first season of Ted Lasso five times in one year. It is uh, something that, you know, it, it's easily digestible to me. I love all of the characters. I love the direction that it's going with things. And so it was just such a pleasure to get the opportunity from Apple TV to be able to have the early release of most of Ted Lasso season two. So yeah. yes, uh, for those of you <laughs> yelling at us right now, we have seen, you know what? I don't know if we can say that. We've seen several episodes of <laughs> Ted Lasso season two. I might have to edit out the number. I'm not yeah, sure if that's probably. released. It's just such a wonderful show. And I guess, Jeremy, I want to start this conversation because I will tell you that I came to you, I pitched the idea to you back in March or April to actually do a watch along commentary type track with the Ted Lasso episodes. And I'll tell you, Beyond the Mouse just got very busy. School <laughs> got very busy. And so it just didn't happen, but it still could sometime in the future. But I love this show so much and I could go on and on about it all day. But I want, how did you... What was your first impression or like, what was your take on season one of Ted Lasso? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I already said it at the top. I mean, you, I mean, like, look, I don't know if Apple's paying you, but they really should because you've been probably the biggest ambassador for this show anywhere I've seen. Um, and especially at the, in the front row network, because, you know, it, and it's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I really like soccer as a sport. So it's like, I don't know why it didn't register to me before, but you know, I bought an iPad and it came with a subscription and you know, you just start toying around, but yeah, I, I just, I think what the show does so well is like right there from the start, that very first episode, you are just overwhelmed with the charm of what's happening on screen. And it's, you know, a, a large part of it is Jason Sudeikis 
but also a large part of it is just how it's written and the smart mm-hmm. way that it's written. Um, Cause you know, essentially we've got, essentially it's a, it's a story. It's a major league story, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you've got an owner that wants a team to fail. So they bring in, you know, misfits of some kind, in this case coaches um, to try and ruin the chemistry and ruin the team. But you know, there's, there's always just this sense that they're, that these characters um, are deeper and they're not just surface level. And that's, that's what I've always appreciated about the show, especially in season one, they just so slowly peel back the layers of everything. And so even though you've got someone like Ted, that's, you're right, just the unbridled optimism is, is literally infectious to everyone around him to the point where you've got like, you know, hardened Roy Kent that keeps, you know, his heart just keeps melting away throughout season one. Um, It's one of those things that you're right, like in the, especially in the year it came out, man, did we need something like that that just shows you, um, you know, there was one line, I think it's episode three of season one when he's at dinner with Trent Krim um, from The Independent for all of you out there. Um, And he, he's, you know, Trent's finally kind of just like laying the cards on the table. He's just like, what you're doing here is irresponsible. You know, like people rely on this team and, you know, like you you can't just come in here and think you can do this stuff. And he, I can't remember the exact line. I don't know. I'm probably going to butcher it, but he says something was just like, I wasn't kidding about wins and losses. Like, yeah, losing is hard, but so is growing up without anyone believing in you. And I just thought to myself, like, okay, so this isn't, this isn't really a show about soccer. This is a show about life and human beings and especially the role of coaches. You know, my father was a coach for a long time and, you know, those, those moments, you know, like you, you've got to, you got to live in them and you got to, you know, grasp them. And so Ted's charm is really how he unlocks, you know, the person underneath the persona that they put out into the world. And the fact that it takes place in soccer is just gravy for me. So the show is just amazing and deep and funny and everything. It's a, it's the whole package. You know, and I, I come at this from a, an oddly academic standpoint a little bit too, because right. over the last couple of years, uh, as transitioning into helping out students uh, in my day job, I have read so much from Carol Dweck about growth mindset and that idea that you need to have that positive thought going through your day and not saying that you have to always be uh, positive for the sake of being positive, but knowing that you can do something allows your brain to think that it is possible that you can do it. And that is something that comes in with Ted Lasso. Also the idea of metacognition, that idea of of thinking about thinking and, and how you can best achieve the goals that you're going for. These are things that are tied in a really goofy way in the writing, but (laughs) it's, they come through and like, you see that uh, it's just, it's just remarkable. And I think that, you know, you mentioned uh, the writing and I'll mention the writing too, but we have three of our stars of the show, our main writers for this. Jason Sudeikis, Mm -hmm. of course, is the one that sort of brought this idea back from the dead. So those of you that don't know, this right, has right. been out there quite a bit, but when the Premier League was brought over to NBC, they developed the character of Ted Lasso to kind of make fun of the fact that no yeah. American watches the Premier League. Yeah, and it was so, just it was just a short. It was just like a right. comedic short to say like, hey, everybody watch soccer. <laughs> and so then he uh, pitched the idea to Bill Lawrence, who, of course, I know from, well, you, of course, would know him from Spin City and everything else. I know him so much from Scrubs, and Scrubs Scrubs is one of my favorite shows, even going back and watching it now, uh, 20 years removed. But 
He pitched it to him. They kind of came up with this together. And then they brought on Brendan Hunt and they brought MVP on, of the whole series, by the way. <laughs> and they brought on Brett Goldstein as well, who plays Roy Kent in this. Mm-hmm. So you've got these actors who are portraying these characters so well. And they're also writing the scripts. And it's just like, it, it seems like one of those more like family type atmospheres where uh, good work can come from this writing room. And so I, I guess I'm here to plead with you. People say that I'm a shill for Disney and Jeremy's dead on. I'm actually right now a shill for Apple yeah. TV plus. Yeah. The, and this is kind of tangential to Ted Lasso. I will argue to anyone, and, and this is me, this is the Disney guy saying this, that there is no better streaming service for original content than Apple TV+. Plus Agreed. Because um, they have such remarkable programming. And you know, at the beginning, they had these huge names. They, they go, we're going to have Oprah, and we're going to have Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. and we're going to bring all these guys out. We're going to have a Tom Hanks movie, and we're going to do this. And, and they kept talking about these huge creators that they had. But it's really the other shows. They, they're picking really well-written shows. Mm-hmm. So I just finished a, a show called Trying. Loved it. Yeah, Loved it. It's through season two. Highly recommend it. I watched uh, Ewan McGregor Travel the World, part of the Long Way Round Up and Down series. And that was really fun to be able to see. And I know that he had started that not on Apple TV, but the last season was on Apple TV. For All Mankind is a great show. Uh, the morning show, even though it turned into be the Matt Lauer story, it's very good. You <laughs> well, know, they- also Sarah and I just also got done watching um, the two seasons of M Night Shyamalan's The Servant and or Servant, I think it is, and crazy. <laughs> they had very, well, very they had. Uh, speaking of weird, that did you watch the like visual podcast yet called The Calls? I, or I calls? haven't seen it yet, but I've like I, it's, I, it's I've real seen good. the trailers it, for it, and I'm like, that's like so genius. Like it's really only like an hour of your time because the episodes are only about ten minutes each. But mm. anyway. There's so much stuff on Apple TV. It's $5 a month. I know we joke that everybody only gets this because they buy a new iPhone, but right. truly do yourself a favor. If you sure. have not seen these shows, give yourself a couple of months, you know, mm-hmm. $10 out of your pocket. It's well worth it for the content that they're delivering. Um, but also, shame on you for not mentioning mythic quest, my man. <laughs> That was another one. Oh my goodness, you're right. Absolutely. Mythic Quest was so phenomenal. Just wrapped up season two. And that's another show that I was able to binge and just like really, really enjoy throughout. And they've got a lot of other things up the pike. Uh, We just talked about the fact that we're both musical theater fans and Uh Schmigadoon is out right now. So. It, Looking it's forward just, to devouring all those episodes. <laughs> there is there is so much uh, that Apple TV is rolling out that it's just really great uh, content. So here's what we're going to do from here. Yeah. We've kind of told you why we fell in love with Ted Lasso. And uh, if you want an entire review of season one, please let us know because I will sit here and I will talk I, to you I'll individually if you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what we should do now, I think, is maybe give you a little bit of insight into season two of Ted Lasso. Now, I will tell you that this is a weekly release, as you're aware. So season two, episode one, goodbye, Earl. We'll talk about poor Earl here in a second. <laughs> but that is the only show that is publicly available at this time. And so we are not going to spoil anything that we've seen past this point. Yeah. Um, because first of all, Apple would be very mad at us but also um it's one of those things where i think uh 
you as an audience deserve to be able to see these episodes unabated, not spoiled for you. So here's what we're going to do. And if I need to edit things out, I will. But (laughs) our thought here is to give you some insights into the overall feeling of how we feel about um, season two. It's going to be very Mm non-spoiler and we're going to try our best to not uh, deliver something that might be a potential spoiler to you. So I think I'll go first. What I will say about season two, what I appreciate about Ted's character in particular is that you see a vulnerable side to him. Mm -hmm. And this even starts in that season two, episode one, where you see the sports psychologist come in. It's like first 15 minutes, man. We've got a massive dynamic shift in the, in the whole way the series goes, man. Which is so funny because I'm guessing that sports psychologists, this is probably their number one show ever. They're just like, Oh my (laughs) goodness, they made a show for us. (laughs) And so the fact that she is sort of the, the antagonist in that first episode in Mm -hmm. particular, it's kind of fun that that is the case, but his vulnerability, I think that that's what makes Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. So in season one, you get this really goofy American who comes over and he's trying to, to uh, coach football, British football to these uh, guys. And he's just got this kind of like hokey attitude. And it's, it's around like episode five or six when you start to realize that his family life is falling apart at home. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on that road game and goes to the club and has the panic attack. That episode is a game changer, man. Oh, it it comes out of nowhere. And it, it makes the character so real. It's not Mm -hmm. just like, he's not just this guy that's just always positive for the heck of it. Like this is a person that's going through some real challenges and has to put on this front at times for his team, even though he may not be feeling the same way. It, it just like that episode, I was like, holy moly, get, like uh, give Jason Sudeikis all the awards at that, no, that whole, the he's whole been winning attack, all the awards. Yeah. The whole panic attack sequence in particular is just very, I mean, like I've had those, I've, I've had panic attacks a lot in my life. Um, and it does feel that way. You just feel like everything is spinning out and that you're just breathing all hard and you have no clue what's wrong. Um, and what I appreciated about that too, though, is that like the reason why that moment is so pivotal, it's not even just to give Ted a lot more depth as a character, but understand like Ted's role in season one so far has been the guru. He's the one who has the answers. He's had, he's the one who even though you don't expect it from him because he doesn't know anything about soccer, um, you know, but he has the, this life experience and this life perspective that allows people to unlock things inside themselves. He's the one though, who holds those keys. And by letting, and by getting him that vulnerable right there in that spot, it shows us that the show isn't about Ted fixing people. It's about all of these people helping each other fix each other. And so all of a sudden, right there at that point, Rebecca, Hannah Waddingham's character. um, Yeah, Rebecca. All of a sudden, Rebecca becomes that a little bit to Ted. She starts turning the corner a little bit. Um, You know, Nate starts becoming that for for a couple of different breeds. Nate the Great. Um, You know, Roy Kent, obviously. And this is kind of where Jamie's starting to turn a little bit. Like, that's like... The genius of the show is that these people are helping each other do that. And you're right. Like in see in that first episode of season two here, 
like everything shifts right there when when uh, Sarah Niles's character, uh, Doctor Fieldstone, she comes in there, and yes, you're right, everything's different now. Like you know, and you can see it again. Jason Sudeikis really needs to get some acting credit for this, and I know he won the Golden Globe, but like the look on his face, man, is just like he knows that something's something's about to shift. I don't know if he fully knows yet, Ted, but he knows that something's something's about to be different. And uh, it, it's really, really jarring in that first episode there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, again, going back to some more insights, it's funny, like I, I was devouring everything Ted Lasso. And so um, one of the people that my wife in particular really loves, she follows Brene Brown quite a bit and the, the, the whole thought of vulnerability and bravery and, and what that means. Mm-hmm. And uh Ted, Ted, Jason Sudeikis came on to uh, Brene Brown's podcast and I was listening to that. And in that conversation, I found out, first of all, I think that Brene Brown is like probably a larger Ted Lasso fan than I am. She had like a jersey <laughs> on, I guess, that day and all that. Now she has the funds to be able to afford those things. To say, I need a Richmond but, jersey. Come on. That's right. They are available on the WB store, but they nice. are $70. So oh, I decided man. that that might not be something I want right oh, you now. You opted for um, the Goldfish shirt. <laughs> I did. I did. I have a Be a Goldfish shirt that I had to had to wear on a release day of Ted Lasso mm-hmm. season two, but no, I will say um, she, I, like as soon as that conversation was over and hearing Jason Sudeikis say how much her work inspired them in writing Ted Lasso and how much they followed her work. I was like, okay, well, first of all, I, I can almost guarantee two things in season two. One that at some point Brene Brown will be mentioned and mm-hmm. uh, maybe, oh. or not, maybe she is, or maybe she isn't. Uh, and two, then uh, also that it's going to focus more on vulnerability. And I will say that I think across the board, again, another large picture insight into season two, vulnerability is a, a major theme uh, yeah. of this season, not just from Ted, but also people like we know in the first episode that Roy Kent has played his last days as a footballer mm-hmm. uh, and that Rebecca is going into a new area of relationships and exploring what that means to move past her awful husband. And you see that a bit in season one, but you get even more of it in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just everything top to bottom. These characters are people that I enjoy and really appreciate. Yeah. Um, and they have continued just superb writing throughout Jeremy. What other insights do you want to give again, not getting us kicked <laughs> off of Apple I know. Uh, to season two. It is very hard not to talk about specific story beats. I will Craig. say, okay. I will <laughs> say this. I, I will say this now you and I should at the very least, if we don't start talking Ted Lasso and doing kind of like an, a separate feed mm-hmm. for that stuff, we absolutely should 100% come back to this conversation at the end of the season. I mean, um, I'm ready. I'm ready right now to commit to episode weekly episodes of this because, <laughs> well, and, and here's the reason why, because what you said there about vulnerability is very, very apt is very, very apt because You know, season one does a great job of giving us the broad strokes of these characters. And now what I was worried about, and this is what I'm always worried about when there's a show like Ted Lasso that is very stylized in the way its dialogue is written, that's very just very unique. You know, there's a very unique space that this show and this in this these scripts specifically do in just the entire media entertainment industry. And so what I'm always worried about is that that will that runs thin, 
you know, like part of the best charm about the show is like those little aside conversations that they always get stuck on that Ted usually initiates about, um, you know, I don't know, like romantic comedies or something like that. That has nothing to do with the soccer game there are, but it's literally just to try and get the, the players and the people to like ease up, you know what I mean? And so, you know, I was worried that, you know, if they keep going with that, that can easily get like kind of lose its stick, but you're right. The genius of the second season um, that we've seen so far is that they are taking this opportunity to really flesh out these characters and make it so that you're not just watching someone that makes you laugh, but someone that you genuinely care about. And they're giving a lot of people a lot more time to really fill out those characters. I don't want to give anything away. And again, this might even be cut here, but like, I, I think that um, Nate's character in particular so far in season two that I've seen, I am fascinated by what they're doing with him and by yeah. the, by the stuff that they are, are writing for him because it's not what I would have expected. And, but uh, I, I can't, I can't remember the uh, actor's name, Muhammad, uh, Nick Muhammad. He is he is knocking it out of the park in season two and I'm fascinated to see where it's going, but you're right. The the relationships are deepening and none of them are cookie cutter either. They're dealing with real things. They're dealing with stuff that anybody in their life has dealt with. um, And they're just doing it in the guise of all of this, um, all of this stuff here, but you're right. We get so much more depth from Ted. We get so much more depth from beard. I mean, you know, look, coach beard is, I I said it at the top. He's the MVP of the show. Um, He always is because just the way that Brett, he's got that little lisp. So like every line that he says just always sounds so much funnier to me. Um, But, you know, like even in this first episode of season two, like when Dr. Fieldstone's like kind of dressing them all down, (laughs) you know, and he's like all of a sudden just really under his breath, like, thank you for coming (laughs) and stuff like that. It's just those little things that Brendan Hunt adds. But you're right. Vulnerability is a great key part of this second season. Um, And and trust me, if if you have a favorite character and you're wanting to know more about them and get more from them, you're going to get it from season two, they really broaden out a lot of different things here. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they allow for time. It seems like to pass then mm-hmm. in season one. And again, yeah, they're are, jumping a lot. I know these are very like vague generalities. I right? know we but, can't, we can't <laughs> tell you things guys. We're sorry. Yeah. There, there are things that happen that will spark conversation for sure. Very but much. It's just like, very much so. um, but also the, the fact that it seems like it's really almost like a full, um, year that passes, and uh, I, I don't have no idea what uh, the traditional football season is, um, because again, I am an American, and my football begins after Labor Day and ends. Well, there's right always about all these February insert death. things too, like in in European football, they'll like play a season, and then in the middle of the season, they'll play a tournament throughout Europe, and then they'll come back to that season. So, like, it really <laughs> kind of never stops over there. Hardly uh, that's that's season. seemingly what happens in this. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, let's focus in on, we've talked a bit about season uh, two, episode one in particular, but I think that uh, it is jarring to see a dog die. Well, you don't see him die, but I mean, and I should say this is spoilers <laughs> for season two, episode one, because episode, you all yeah. have had a chance to see this. So we get to spoil this a bit, uh, but you see Danny Rojas uh, attempt to win because they are on streak of draws which is seven so matches. funny seven matches in a row yeah <laughs> so funny because uh 
you know, the fact that Ted is hoping for a draw and in the last game of the last match yep. of season one, but then also the fact that he hates draws throughout all of season one. Uh-huh. It's so great that they're on a streak of them, but Danny Rojas trying to win with a penalty kick at the end and kills poor Earl dog. <laughs> so that poor dog, but can you tell me about your thoughts particularly on season two, episode one, uh, that the public has been able to see at this point, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, if I remember right, you know, my, my dad, I, I converted him onto the show and Roy Kent is his favorite character in the show, as everyone should be. Brett Goldstein is amazing and hilarious. But, you know, he's not really in a lot of that episode there. Um, I, in fact, I don't think he is at all. I think he only shows up in episode two, if I remember right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, Craig, but the end of season one, like, you know, one of my key things is like, I want to know about what's happening with Jamie. And I want to know about what's happening with Roy. Those were my two like things there. And these sons of bitches, they don't let me, they don't let me know any of that in episode one of the series. And that kind of sucks, but, um, but there is this sense. I, I really love the evolution that Hannah Waddingham had got to do as Rebecca in that first season. And the fact that we're really kind of propelling her forward even more with this, there are times in the season where you would expect someone like her to, to react to things in a certain way. And I don't know what it is, Craig, but like, do you find that like everybody in this series they react in a way that is healthy um, to situations that a lot of people don't react that way to, you know, like when you have to make tough decisions, usually it's the one that you fear the least, but they don't ever seem to blink at the, at those tough decisions in this stuff. So um, I do love though, that like, you're right. Like just opening up the episode that way with Earl, just it's, it's kind of a surreal looking scene, you know, like he's slow-mo jumping up, trying to catch this bird. Rojas hits an absolutely perfect penalty shot. It's going straight up in that left corner and it's going to win the game and it's just like one of those things it's like everything seems so epic there's this big score you know everybody's like oh yes everybody's hoping and then just everything all the sound cuts out as you see this dog just die from this from this soccer kick and all of a sudden you're just like oh right i'm watching ted lasso and it's just, it kicks into that mumford and song son son song and it's, it's just off and running and you know, I, I just love that about this show, though. It's just like, it's not going to let you sit there. Now, I do have one question for you, though, about this premiere is that were you a little jarred that they went into like a Ted Lasso heart to heart so quick in the, in this episode? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they dove you right in like they they um, established the character, I think, well enough in the first season that they felt that they could jump and dive right into what was going to happen here. And so I, I can understand why they did that because they have a, an awful lot that they want to tell about this character. And so often in shows that are extremely well written, and this comes back to, again, those shows like um, even something zany like Scrubs, extremely well written with the character development that they provided over mm-hmm. at least like, what was it? Eight of the nine years that they provided no ninth year we all know <laughs> right <laughs> but uh but then also something like the west wing you know like you 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 really dive right into the action in these seasons as they begin because you've already established who these characters are and you can move forward with that and uh 
even though you're grabbing a new audience? Because I'm sure that Ted Lasso's numbers are doing way better now than they ever did in season one. I would hope so. But still, you're, uh, you're dragging them along while you're allowing for the true fans or for the people that have already invested the time in season one to get the payoff of seeing these characters uh, in their true light right away. Yeah, and I'll actually cop to something. No, uh, Roy Kent is definitely in episode one because there is he's got the best lines in episode one because, of course, they go on that double date with Rebecca and, and her guy. You're right. Yes, yes. and I totally forgot about that I forgot that that, that was in second. episode one. And again, know, these like, really blend together to when be... you're binging them, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're not trying to be like, oh, we've seen a lot, but you we're, we're know, trying like, a little bit. But. We're also we're, what we're trying to do is to make sure that uh, again, my rule is that we started with not make Apple mad, and yes, two, we're trying not to um, make Apple mad. We don't want we, that access to be pulled. But well, and I will tell you this: so one, well, two, that we truly want you to to experience yes. this as we go along. Yeah, well, and there's two aspects of this episode now that I've finally, you know, cognitively thought about it here for a second. Um, but one, I do love that. that that whole storyline though with Rebecca and her new boyfriend, because again, like, you know, they go on this double date with Keely and Roy and, you know, Roy's being his typical surly self. And I, I still, I still think that the chant song for Roy Kent is probably one of the best things I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> but it's definitely not safe for this podcast. He's um, there. He's here. He's there. He's yeah. Anyway. Um, but I, what I love about that though, is that Roy continues to like, supplant your your expectations of what he is um because you know we've we've established that he's a tough guy you know um and we've established that very well but especially in his interactions with his um with his niece phoebe you know like we get all of these like touching moments and you know when he sits there to rebecca and he's you know kind of you think he's about to lay into the boyfriend you know like where he's like you know oh for god's sake you know like be be honest here and no he goes in and says you know what? The guy's fine. He's perfectly fine. Many people are fine, but you know what? You deserve more than fine. So don't sell yourself short. And again, it's just like one of those things like, man, I really wonder if Goldstein wrote that because he might have, because that, that really catches you off guard. And and once again, it shows you Rebecca right there to go back to your theme of vulnerability, um, Craig, you know, she is choosing a safe person, you know, she is not putting herself out there to try and find something truly exceptional, because she still is carrying all that residualness from her past relationship from her past husband. Um, and so, you know, like, it, it's, it's an amazing scene there that just, again, in true Ted Lasso fashion, just kind of comes out of nowhere. All of a sudden, you know, like we're, we're waiting for Roy Kent to blow up and he drops this amazing philosophy bomb on us. And it's, it's one of those things that I just wasn't expecting. I was like, ah, yes, this is why we love Roy Kent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I will tell you, by the way, just, tidbit here. I'm sure that other people know this, but I learned last night or two days ago, maybe that uh, Roy Kent, Brett Goldstein has his own movie podcast. Have you no. heard this yet? Yes. It's called films to be buried films with to be buried with. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is remarkable. So who knows? Maybe an ask is in the works at some point. I don't oh, know. It definitely is. Can I, can I ask you a personal question about episode one here? Yeah. Um, one of the best, I, I don't know if I can give this away or not, but um, 
um, freaking Leslie having to constantly move offices is one of the best parts of this episode. <laughs> you know, he just keeps showing up all over the place. Higgins is just literally everywhere. And I, th- I don't know if it's too spoilery, but let's just say that gag continues. <laughs> it does continue for a while. And it's one of the best parts of all the episodes we've seen so far. <laughs> I love his character. He, he gets, uh, again, broad insights into future episodes he has quite the arc yes, uh, even even much. him as a as a extreme side character who is kind of the the put upon person in season one who's just kind of the joke he has a great arc in season two they all yeah. do it seems like they really all came to play and they i think that they will do your characters that you really would like to see they're going to do them well uh, yeah, in this season. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so we can Ted Lasso all night uh, I mean, if you want real. to, but, but I think what we should do now is maybe focus on uh, getting through this season and see what we're going to do as far as uh, whether that be a lasso cast or whether that be just an episode at the end, we'll see what we're going to do uh, on our end and maybe let us know. So if you are really enjoying this or if you really enjoy Ted Lasso and you'd love to hear our thoughts on all the episodes as they come out, please let us know. I will tell you, I'm going to say it here. So that way it is like intellectual property at this point. I came up with a name and everything. And that name was peanut butter and biscuits. That was going to be my Ted Lasso fan cast uh, podcast name. So somebody taking it. No, I I don't think so. Well, then we're doing it right here. Boom. Decided. (laughs) But I will tell you, it's it's just like one of those shows that I cannot get enough of. I can't wait to continue to watch it from here. You know, and and it's something to be said here, guys. Like we, you know, we review lots of stuff. (laughs) You know, with the Forever Network, we see lots and lots of things. Um, It takes it takes a really exceptional thing: movie, show, book, whatever for us to go out there and just be like, watch, 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 watch. And this is really one of those shows. I mean, like, I I literally don't know anybody who's seen it that hasn't automatically fallen in love with it. And I'm one of those people. And I just think that this season so far, what we've seen in season two, um, they are taking it to places that are fantastic and fun and touching. And of course, very funny. Um, and you're, you're going to get all of that. You're going to run the gamut again with this season and they're, they're not showing any signs of slowing down. Absolutely. So thank you again to Apple for the, uh, exclusive look for the the look the the press look at this show uh, as it comes along and we will be there with you throughout or we'll figure all that out on our end but we have some exciting stuff coming up uh for the network of course i am going to plug my beyond the mouse because i do love my disney fans i love my disney parks i love my disney everything so i will tell you that uh we have spent our whole summer back in the parks because we've had so many different trip reports from friends of the pod uh, coming on that have gone to Walt Disney World. We will soon have a trip report from Mr. Brett Rutherford himself, Brett. who just returned from Avengers Campus. And I'll tell you what, the stuff that he saw at Avengers Campus is just mind-blowing and absolutely remarkable. Like so I we're going to talk all about there, that. You know? <laughs> we're also going to talk to Larry Smith about the 10th anniversary of Jason Siegel's The Muppets. It's already been 10 years since that film came out, if you can wow. believe it. 2011. Jeez. What a year. 
What a year! Great music in that movie, though. I hope you guys dissect the music a lot. (laughs) We talk a lot about the soundtrack in that uh, episode for sure. So that will be coming out very shortly as well. And of course, you can follow along with us on Beyond the Mouse uh, for all things Disney. And we have many things coming up in the future. We can't wait to show you and reveal to you as they come along. Jeremy, what are you up to? None. We're we, uh, you know, Sarah and I are launching our Afraid of the podcast again. We are. Very much. Um, we're toying around with, uh, we're already toying around with some MonsterCast ideas because last year, um, for those of you who don't know, MonsterCast is our October horror film centric thing because my wife and I are, I don't know, I guess former life serial killers because we love all things horror films. Um, and last year we really kind of ran the gamut. We did like 20 plus episodes in October, the whole network did, and we're already planning that out. So I'm starting to think about that. But um, you know, everything's going great with the network so far. Larry Smith just released another episode of Convince Me. Um, you know, I usually just try and plug the whole network writ large because everybody's doing such great work right now. It's really kind of ridiculous um, that, we're, that we're doing what we're doing. So just find it all, man. NPRIllinois.org slash program slash front dash road dash network and get in on it, man. There's so much stuff here. Absolutely. You uh, mentioned Larry. I'll mention uh, Brandon and Eric are moving right along with classics. They have, uh, I believe, Eddie Moeller coming back as well. Um, And they just landed a big interview. I don't know that they've announced it yet, but it's a big one, uh, folks. So you will all enjoy that. That is a tease (laughs) for you, for your classics fans. And then also Guilty Pleasures and Flashbacks just did uh, the Masters of the Universe movie from the 80s. Wait, did somebody else do some Masters of the Universe? Property, yes. Craig? I, I think say, somebody we, else did. It was a busy week last week. So that's, wise, why, <laughs> that's why this is coming out maybe a couple of days later than I promised yeah. on my own personal Facebook page because holy moly, what a week was last week. Too many um, stuff. Too many. Who things. knew that July 23rd <laughs> was going to be the day that everything was going to be released? Oh, so. here's another thing though. Comic-Con at Home, of course, was this weekend and I will be releasing a recap of all the big news that happened there. Lots of people skipped, but it's always our tradition. We always want to put out all the Comic-Con at Home stuff. So yeah. We'll be giving you all the big stuff in a, in a brief little news brief from the, from the network. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I think that that's it. So, uh, you know, Jeremy, I gotta say, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry for bringing an umbrella to a brainstorm, but yeah, I think we know. gotta, we gotta <laughs> wrap this up. That might've been one of my famous, my favorite Ted Lasso lines and I had to go back and make sure that that was in see that was in episode one. Yeah. Uh, and I'm well, glad and was, since so. I can't, since I can't say my favorite line of season two so far, um, which I already texted to you. So <laughs> once we get there, I'm just going to be happy. So for those of you who have not watched Ted Lasso or who may be, may be watching it for the first time, I'll just metaphorically stand up and say, it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. So great. Uh, We love our Ted Lasso and we love all of you for listening in. Thanks so much for your continued support. So for the Front Row Network, I am Craig. I'm Jeremy. And we will see you real soon in the Front Row. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.